0: Welcome to another episode of Morelli Python Radio. And in this episode, we are joined by the one and only Tim Morris. Tim is known for his green tree python named Mr. Blue. We discuss the early days of Condros and how Mr. Blue came to be. I, I I always enjoy hearing about the history of the bloodlines of special animals. Hopefully you do, too. This is episode 550. Let's get into it.
1: I never see it. <laughs> well, you never listen. No, from- Apparently <laughs> you listen to <laughs> Red Powell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I pop in to various podcasts to do like you know what's going on. I know it's just it's it's quality control, and then every once in a while I pop in on them, and they all y'all start talking, and then inevitably one person is like, "It's okay," or when doesn't listen. In this case, it was Doctor Julander and uh, Rob Stone, and I was deeply hurt. That was hurtful. Hurtful. That was mean. (laughs) One thing is
0: coming from me, but you know. (laughs) To come from the doc. You know? I know. It's you it didn't have a sweet lady DDP that day. I, well, you he was a little just, on edge. It's kind I'm of just, like, you know, when they eat the Snickers bar. All of a sudden. A oh, yeah.
1: That must be it. <laughs> I, either way, I'm just and I even named him my reptile personality of the year. And I'm I'm oh, man. See how far that, that got you. Yeah. It was a weekend. <laughs> hey, several weeks in. Well, <sighs> me and Owen
0: are uh, determined to make NPR happen every week. So here we are. I'm sick as a Again. dog. I'm so sick. This is the level of sickness that I had. I was telling <laughs> him before we started. Deeply concerned. That I haven't had coffee in two days and I'm Deeply drinking concerned. tea. Deeply
1: concerned. I'm drinking concerned. tea. That's what I'm you, drinking. You could be a pod person. Tell me something <laughs> only Eric Burke would know. Plant? <laughs> yeah. Either one. Yeah. This uh, is a, you're a deep fake. Somebody <laughs> put you in there. Conspiracy theorists. The gecko people are trying to get. Uh, what? Yeah, exactly. No.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to power through this as, as best we can. And uh, Owen is what? a Couple of days away from heading out to Florida to do. Some- I have.
1: I have tomorrow to get ready. I have to get everybody ready <laughs> tomorrow. And it's like I'm like I took the day off to get to get everything ready, and I'm like I'm gonna have to wake up at like six a.m. the normal time. <laughs> I have to like you know. Son of a bitch. I'm gonna to like do everything that I gotta do, and it's like yeah, yeah. And we're in the middle of um, Melissa and I uh, are finishing the attic so we can get some more storage space and stuff. Oh yeah.
0: And said the father-in-law was coming to I, Ball yeah, my,
1: my father-in-law came this okay. weekend thank god he was here because he did it it took like two three hours for us to do it yeah. if he hadn't been there melissa and i could do it it would have taken several more hours and if we had brought my gym it would have been counterproductive so you know it was yeah because <laughs> uh, melissa's father would have been taking steps back <laughs> right melissa's father's also named jim so oh, yeah. it's my gym and her gym and yeah i just I keep mine very far away from these things. So,
0: yeah. Oh, man. Yep. How's he doing, by the way? Is he doing nice. okay?
1: I mean, it, it's one of those, he has the heart thing. Um, they had him do an ablation where they electrocuted him until, he, until his heart stopped it. I, I mean, I imagine the doctor's just like, knock it off. And like, you know. And uh, he messages me and he's like, I have a list of food I'm not allowed to have. And... My doctor says it's for my heart. And the best way I can think of getting rid of this food is I'm going to eat it all. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have three pounds of bacon. This is a very bad idea. <laughs> like it is.
0: <laughs> it's exactly what you don't want to do. It, what do you do? Their
1: heart attack happened, Jim. Well, I tried to eat three pounds of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so. Oh, that's great. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. He's doing his thing, so. Yeah,
0: so we're going to have Tim Mars join us in a bit. We're doing a Herp History episode that we're going to be talking about Mr. Blue in the early days of chondros.
1: For you chondro um, people, you know. Yeah. Owen's
0: favorite right before like, we well, uh, you know, get ready to
1: head out <laughs> for his trip. It's And that's the thing is that there's so many gears. It I gauge my love of animals or my want for certain animals on whether or not I can get them out of my head. Right. And. I have seen some gorgeous chondros, but they very quickly are replaced by other things. Right now, those one scrubs that Lucas has are just oh front and center. They can't get out of your brain. brain. And I'm like, yeah, but thank God I don't have any space. I, have I think no space in this house.
0: I think that the, the thing with chondros with you and me is that we've just had terrible luck with them. I, oh, I blame horrible. it on myself. I'm not blaming it on the snake. I blame it on myself. I
2: did mean,
0: it. Yeah, I I can't speak for Owen, but
1: I, mean, no, I don't I don't blame the snake. It didn't set up anything. But I just when you have an animal and you just have you have a really nice gut punch after you've kept them, yeah. And it, it sometimes it takes the taste out of it. And I think that is the true, you know that that's where the the rubber meets the road is if after a massive gut punch, do you still love the animal? And I think I just, Kondros and me just, it didn't. Which is yeah. fine, but you still can appreciate them. I can. You know? I totally yeah, yeah, yeah. can. I, I think they're gorgeous. Yeah. I love yeah. the high yellow stuff. You know, everybody else yeah. is like, everybody else is like, high black, high purple. I'm like, yeah, high yellow. Yeah, like man. Come with scales you. Scales green. Yeah. Oh high my yellow. God. Like, yeah. I remember people posting on the MP forums the canaries. Yeah. Those like bright yellow ones. And I'm like, yeah. okay
0: chuck me- vogel still works with them yeah he, yeah man he has some really really nice ones but
1: what is it it's lemon tree
0: well lemon tree is it just a line that's not, yeah
1: uh, I, I like that line though it's a good line
0: i don't even know if that line exists anymore i don't I even know either asked, i don't I'll think- have to ask him when he when
1: he yeah he, me, he might he here. might be like that's dog i'm sure he knows yeah of course yeah, mm. <laughs>
0: so anyway you know? if uh, i'll try to mute myself as much as possible but if i sound weird or whatever that's why that's because i'm drinking tea from- and not coffee
1: if Take you don't hear from out. Eric after a while, it's because he's passed out. I can see him, and I'm trying to keep the show going as the paramedics work on him.
0: Yeah. So, it will be similar yeah. to the scrub episode in 2011. No.
1: No. <laughs> no. No. Where I'm just like <laughs> – No. just no, because there was no visual. As the show no. is
0: just running, and Owen's like, I know nothing about scrubs. What do I do?
1: <laughs> there was no visual with that, so I yeah. just had to be like, okay. No. And – yeah. No, thank you. Let's not relive that, so.
0: Okay. Anything else you want to ramble about before we get uh
1: to me? I, I spoke to Jason Balin today. Uh, yeah. He's excited about the Hamburg show coming up, and then he and I complained to each other about how our season is weird, and we don't know what's happening. Basic, normal breeding season stuff, so. I'm telling you, man, I, it's it has to do on. with the El Nino. Oh, Nina. dude, I i'm telling you that's and that i completely agree i completely agree. i have no idea what's going to happen my carpets have now finally stopped looking at the male that is entering their cage with murderous intent which i enjoy <laughs> i i appreciate that yeah you know
0: let you know they're still alive <laughs> I,
1: I went to separate them and i had to hook the male hypo out of the cage you know like in the old cartoons when someone was doing so bad and the hook would come in from the side and he him the stage. i did that yeah. to him just because i had to get him out of the line of fire he goes flying over there i close the cage because she's hitting the glass and i just pick him up put him in a cage Ugh. i don't know if i want to breed her anymore she's evil i don't know if i should which one is this Ted tiger yeah yeah, is it the they, Ted Thompson one. Oh yeah, the Ted Thompson tiger. thing she's is just, evil, man. She's a horrid creature. Yeah, I'm like, yeah.
0: why am I? Person- she gives carpet pythons a bad name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: why am I letting your? She definitely plays into the stereotype.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that snake definitely plays into the stereotype of I have them being vicious.
1: White lips, like it is ridiculous. Yeah,
0: uh, <sighs> keeps anyway. you on your toes. So, all right, let's get Tim in here and let's get this going. Hey, Tim,
3: what's happening, guys? You are. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah,
2: everything's
0: good. Cool. Glad to uh, be able to talk to you about uh, some Chondro history and and early days and
3: Uh, yeah, stuff. Shake the
1: cobwebs out a little bit. (laughs) I I think we need to do that every once in a while because otherwise people just are like, this is, it's always been here. It's always been like this. It's always been this easy or something like that. And it's like, you got to go back to kind of revisit to when it wasn't so easy every once in a while to appreciate it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess t- I mean, I know a lot of people have heard this story before, but I you know, take us back to uh, you know, how you got into Condros and what the early days were like and how Mr. Blue came about and all that kind of stuff.
3: Well, so the early days for me are, are probably like the midway point, I guess, as far as as far as like the uh you know, like the trooper stuff and the Eugene stuff and whatnot. I got into it around ninety one, I think. Okay. Um I mean, I've been into snakes and herps and stuff prior to that, but it wasn't until I got a hold of that, uh, you know, the reproductive husbandry book, the Ross of Marzak, where, um, you know, a whole new world opened up, really, because a lot of the things that were in that book at the time yeah. mm-hmm. weren't really – I mean, you just didn't – I mean, maybe saw a few things here and there in the zoo, but just all the information about breeding and the reproductive biology and everything like that, I mean, just was – I mean, it was – it was like mind blowing. It was like something you dream of getting your hands on. And then there it is. And then, you know, through, you know, just combing through the pages, you know, looking at the photo credits, there was a photo credit for this guy Trooper. And of course, you know, these were some of the first pictures I remember seeing of, you know, green tree pythons. And, you know, I think anybody would say that most people probably can remember the first time they, they saw one, whether oh, it be yeah. a picture or one in person. And even to this day, even though I don't keep them anymore, um, you know, I still do some shows. I mean, I still have a bunch of different things, just not, um, not any chondros, but, um, you know, I, I recently did a, a, a table at a, a repticon show here in Baltimore and just watching people. Cause a friend of mine was vending and he had a bunch of condros. I mean, they were, they were clearly the attention grabbers, no matter who walked past your table? It just, they just were in awe of these, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. snakes, you know. So, I mean, there's there's certainly that allure that that draws you in. And then, of course, when I realized that, you know, this guy was down at the National Zoo being, you know, 30 or 40 minutes from my house, you know, I garnered up my nephew, Sean, who was once into the chondros and did a bunch of the poison frogs. And now his brother, Christian, is, you know, taking the, taking the ball and run uh, with mm-hmm. it, so to speak. Um, so we went down there and tracked trooper down and, oh man, it it was funny times. And I mean, he didn't know us from a a hole in the moon, but somehow we ended up in his good graces. And, um, I wound up, uh, thereafter volunteering. They had these summer like volunteer programs and I was was in college at the time. So I, um, you know, found out about these programs and, and applied and, and got in and, And to me, that was that was awesome because I was hoping to, you know, pick his brain about these you know, snakes and with a little luck, maybe get into some. Um, And, you know, and for I guess I I don't know if there's anybody out here that doesn't know. I mean, I I know everybody knows who Trooper is, but um, many people may not know about him like interpersonally. Mm -hmm. And he's a guy that has a heart of gold, but. It it takes a while and some patience to sort of work your way to that level. You know, he's very cautious, you know, very sort of, um, I would say standoffish, but just very cautious about who he lets into his inner circle, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to illustrate that point, my second summer, or maybe it was my first, I can't remember, volunteering down there. It was, you know, getting into August and the readers' Expo was coming around and, I remember we were sitting upstairs in the staff lounge and I had asked him if, if he was going to the show and he said, yes. And I asked him, uh, you know, I told him that my fiance at the time and I were planning to go down and we were really interested in condros. And I asked him, I said, well, do you have any to, that you're going to be selling? He goes, Nope. <laughs> and I looked at him and I'm like, God, I just busted my ass here for like two months of the summer, you know, and and this is what I get. So so and then he looks at me, he goes, Well, you know, Tim, I just don't sell to anyone. And I'm like, God, okay, well, okay, from scratch those two questions, all right. I just or that question or whatever. So we go down there, and of course he's down there with Eugene, and I had no idea. I'd never seen a show on that scale ever before. Right. And um and that, you know, along with the Marzak book, is another eye-opening experience. So um, so my fiance, who had gotten to know him a little bit, and she doesn't hold any punches back, so she walks up to him and says, so you just don't sell to anybody, do you? Because I told her, obviously, what, what happened. Mm-hmm. So anyways, <laughs> we were in the market to buy one, and she liked the yellows. I liked the reds, and this is way before I never, ever knew anything that I knew about yellow versus red. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were going to buy this yellow, but then he talks her into a maroon, you know, stating that they go through a more dramatic color change.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and so, so we pick out this maroon and then he later switches her. Cause at the time, you know, back in the early nineties, you know, the standard price was pretty much seven fifty. 50. Okay. Um, you know, Trooper and Eugene had sort of like some yearlings and older ones that were much higher prices. Okay. Um, but they did have a couple other like larger, like Neos that were a little more money. So he drags out this bigger animals, like twice the size as mm-hmm. a baby. And he shows it to her. He goes, I think you may want to take this one. And she's like, why? And he said, well, because it's bigger, it'll probably make it back to Maryland. <laughs> Where, you know, I mean, all of, all, all, of them, all of them made the car ride down there, right? But so she, she goes for it, you know. She's like, why should I pay $200 more? Because we wanted nine fifty dollars for it. Right. So anyways, that that turned out to be, um, you know, one animal that we picked up. And then the next day when I was hanging out the table, he that's when he gave me the, um, um, the animal that eventually became, I guess, known as the legend male. Okay. Um, he was right. the sire to the blue male and he gave that to me. It was actually a runt. Um, it was a twin, you know, part of a twin hatching yeah, and the, yeah. the, the, the egg mate died. And so he had raised it up and he was basically telling me the whole time that, you know, I don't think this snake's going to amount to much. I know you'll give it a good home and, and so I think he wound up sort of wishing he'd maybe kept that animal <laughs> um, you know, yeah, and I remember periodically the following summer, taking in like sheds, you know saying, "Hey, look, this thing's grown really well, and then I also broached the um topic because it turns out that that animal, which actually turned out to be um a a sibling, not a litter mate, but a sibling uh to the computer chondro and um the fem the the other animal that we bought from him for 950 bucks turned out to be a female. Okay. Um but they were siblings. They were they were litter mates basically. That that twin came out of the same litter as a female that we bought. Okay. So I'd asked him if he'd be willing to trade because I wanted to, you know, try to breed something with a different bloodline, right. if I could. And that's where the trade took place, where he took that female, which actually turned out um he's pretty sure that it was set hetero- for albino it was in that same sort of litter where that albino gene was lurking sure Um, Mm -hmm. the notes to a lot of people um and the reason for that just fast forward quickly was that years later when he finally bred that female he had a a baby that died in the egg that had red eyes so um you know he was pretty certain i mean it was not it was close to full term so it was pretty much all colored but you know he he thought that if it likely was a, it was an albino but it was the only such one in the in the whole litter mm-hmm. um but anyways that's when he gave me the sib to um a uh, powder okay and that turned into the so-called blue female okay. um and then from there i mean there was the only pair of condors i had so i bred them in 95 they produced the first litter in 96 of which mr blue became one of those animals out, out of that um clutch But I I had no idea what I had in that. Sure. And I'm not sure, you know, up to that point. I mean, I guess there were blue snakes. You know, Al Zulich had a famous blue female, Mm -hmm. which was likely, you know, hormonally blue. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't uncommon for females, especially to turn, you know, blue after, you know, having a a litter or two. So, um, so we had no idea. And even as a, as a baby, Mr. Blue was different than any, anything else in the litter. Um, how so? That, well, it's just, it didn't, ha- he, he hardly had any markings on him. Ah, okay. Yeah. Very little markings. He had a couple very little, tiny little black outline specks of white, you know, along mm-hmm. the backbone. And that was pretty much it. And he was very, you know, relatively dark and, you know, so he was different. So, um, <laughs> do we oddly think enough, that the- Uh, I'm sorry,
1: Tim, like, do you think that maybe lack of pattern is something that somebody should look for in a NEO to kind of when they're looking for something that might be a little bit standing out-ish?
3: Yeah, you know, it's possible, I guess, because Mm -hmm. I guess the only reason I say that is because several years later, you know, I produced another uh, animal that wasn't as high blue as Mr. Blue was, but he was fairly blue. Mm -hmm. And he also had minimum pattern Hmm. um but i mean that's you know a very small sample size but um it's funny because you know back then after all that transpired you know everybody that's buying something from you as a baby they're like pick me out something that's going to turn blue i'm like if i could predict that yeah if i I could predict that yeah we'd be paying a little bit more for it but um yeah, I mean, I had some crazy pattern babies that just turned out to be plain green, so.
2: Yeah.
3: You know.
0: <laughs> Did they, um, What um I know, like you're saying at that show uh where, where you picked the animals up, but what was it like to see chondros on the table? Was everybody, was that like the first time that
2: her? That,
3: that her, was the first time you know. I had ever seen, oh, you know, okay. them. I mean, I think Eugene and Trooper have been doing this for a while up mm-hmm. to that point. Right. And I think that was, I think the first show I went to, I believe, was the second show. It was still in Orlando, but I think they had a show there the year before, and I believe they were there. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% certain on that.
0: I just remember like the early day. I remember for me, it was Angolan pythons. I don't know why, but like I would walk around the show, and everybody's into these ball pythons. And this was in the, like maybe 99, something like that. I'm walking around, and I would just be like, oh my God, what is that? That is so cool. You know? Yeah. I, I, I just wonder, like,
2: wait,
0: were, you always, um, were you always a python guy or were you just – did you just have a
3: – Well, so the first – yeah, the first snakes I ever had were – I think I was in late middle school were just anything you find in the pet store. I think probably right. garter snakes, green snakes, that kind of thing. Right. And none of them thrived. I, I probably – as much my fault as just being probably likely a wild-caught animal that just – would have been hard to get going anyway. Yeah. Um, my first, like, like snake that I bought from someone was a king snake, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then after that, um, I think that wound up escaping. And then <laughs> after, and then after that was a, was a berm. But before the berm actually got a retic, now this is, God. this had to have been, mm, Probably 86. So it was a pleasant 86. retic, you know. It <laughs> no, was it was 80s. not. It was no, a baby. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a baby, and and I wanted a I wanted a Burmese python, but the guy didn't have it um, yet. And it's from Larry Kenton. You probably know the name. Yeah,
1: I you know the name.
3: Yeah. yeah, you know Larry. Everybody knows Larry. Anyway, so he lived in Maryland at the time, so he didn't have it. He said, "Hey, I got some retics," and at that point, I mean there was no information on these animals other than you knew they got big. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I think within a month I realized that, um, yeah, I need to find a way to exchange this for a Burmese. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a little over my skis. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. I mean, just, you know, you couldn't handle it without gloves on. I mean, it just, and it was cool looking it had sort of those like orangey eyes, you know, and mm-hmm. sure. you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you, you could just tell, and it just wasn't very, um, it was smart yet untrustworthy, which is a <laughs> the bad combination best, the best combination <laughs> in a very large snake. Yeah. I still love that. You know, um, so, and this was a baby. So, I mean, it wasn't much more than probably a foot and a half long, I guess, but what are you going to do when it's 20? Exact right? well, <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Uh, I, I, so anyway, knows. it was a Burmese back then. That was my first, I guess, you know, the bigger snakes. Yeah, yeah,
0: me too. Yeah, my dad had a couple wild caught retics, and
3: whoo, I was like, no, yeah, <laughs> oh, thank you. No. Yeah, so, you know, so then so, after that, um, just to quickly finish up the early yeah. snakes, so then after that, um, went to this pet shop in Maryland, they had this emerald tree boa, huh. um, which was a wild caught, but I bought it, it actually did really well. Then my net, well, then Sean wound up getting a female, and we tried yeah. to breed those. And it was such a funny thing. So it was like the first, um, these were before the condros. I mean, this is like, Mm -hmm. I think I had a baby rainbow boa Brazilian that I bought from Pico. And then we had these two emerald tree boas, northerns. Right. And we had built these big, you know, four foot tall enclosures. You know, um, my fiance painted this like really cool, like tropical rainforest, like mural background. Sure. And I remember Sean and I were saying, all right, lining up our 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 night. We were going to introduce him. So he rolls over with his, you know, big enclosure to my apartment. We set these things up. We got a case of beer, two chairs. We're sitting in front. We put them together. And we're just waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And it was like hours later, we realized, you know, maybe this is just not going to happen in the first night, you know. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was probably low late 80s yeah probably like 89 90 jeez god yeah. man that, that was funny I, th-
0: I think i think like uh i think that book the, you know is so underappreciated on how much effect that had on uh just how everybody people. at the time
3: yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean yeah. honestly everybody i mean that thing unloaded Information that just was never seen. Yeah. And I know the Vivarium magazine was just getting going, I guess, around the same time. Sure. But it wasn't that widely circulating yet. So I didn't I mean, I didn't even know anything about the Vivarium until probably, you know, um, you know, that like the third the third go around the third, whatever you call it, the third edition. Right. You know. Um, So but yeah, that 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 was like a Bible and there was one that was published before like I got the hard cover edition which was the second release but there was a prior edition that was released I believe in like 89
0: yeah when we had uh, uh, Dick Ross on he was talking about uh, um, I think it was called the python breeding manual or something like that
3: yes that's what it was yeah and that was a great episode by the way that was awesome Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the one you guys did, the one, right, where he was talking yeah. about yep. having these, like, wooden cages in his basement. <laughs> yeah. And then the and power like out, that's how he played yeah. his
1: white lips. It's like, oh, that's oh right. thanks. I've just been trying for 10 years. (laughs) Yes, that was,
3: that, that was an amazing, I mean, that, that was an amazing episode. He got mad about his,
1: um, his herp stats where he's like, I don't understand it. I hate the thing. I'm (laughs) I'm like, it's a
3: herp stat or whatever, but I can't argue with him because I won't. But he said, he had some big snakes into like a small apartment or something and got mm -hmm. evicted. And yeah, 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 I still remember some tidbits from that.
0: Story of the ring pythons.
3: oh my god, yeah.
1: So love that, um, great stuff. But okay. um, so I, 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 would say that I it, it used to be I, I, I kind of miss the idea of seeing Condra breeders at shows. Um, I don't really necessarily ever see a dedicated conjure breeder at a lot of the reptile shows that I attend or vend, and that's Hamburg, um, you know, uh, Oaks and, uh, White Plains. It seems like the, they only kind of pop out at like the big, big
3: shows. Um, do you kind of see that becoming more of an online thing for conjure breeders? Well, yeah. And even at the big shows, like even Daytona, now you rarely see you know yeah. too many people with them down there. Um, I think probably recently part of the issue might be paranoia over picking up something. You yeah, know, the whole yeah. NIDO scare, just everything that goes with it. Sure, yeah. um, I'm sure that that factors in for some of the people who are thinking about it. But the other thing is, too, I think a lot of condor breeders have the mindset, which is probably 99% accurate, that people are going to gawk at what you have. They're not going to, you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to make a big dollar sale there to show like that. Yeah. unless it's prearranged, um, which is why like when in the mid nineties, when we did the Condra coalition, you know, like Rico would just, you know, he would just scoop it in because he had, I think unlike all the other breeders there, he had a full range. He had high end stuff and introductory stuff, I guess mm-hmm. I want to say low range, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, just, yeah. just you know, um, the regular stuff, so to speak, but, and that, He sold, you know, a bunch of that kind of, you know, bunch of those kinds of chondros. Yeah. Whereas, you know, now I think he just, you know, and even then too, you had a lot of people that, you know, just wanted to get into the, you know, the higher, you know, the designers, the esoteric stuff.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like it's partly, it's going to sell online. So
1: what's the... Yeah, why get out of my pajamas why? i understand you that know, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're
0: gonna sell the yeah. jar to the clutch before it even hatches i mean i you know. get that
1: i really do um i, I would you kind of like kind of want to almost like caution people when they're getting into chondros to not jump immediately for the high dollar value thing and try to find somebody a little bit Lower on this totem while they're still learning, because I I've seen some people who were like, "This is my second snake, and it's a, a this, a this, a this," and I'm like, "You, that's a four thousand dollar animal, and you've had yeah. one corn snake." Like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, um, yeah, it's tough because I know um, you got to sort of qualify how you explain that to someone, because then they might find, you know, you go on Morph Market now, you can find brokers still, you know, brokering Mm -hmm. stuff that's just coming in. And that's not a good first choice either. So, you know, it is tough to find, I guess, maybe in some ways, some breeders who have sort of the so-called introductory or things you you maybe wouldn't, you know, start off with. Because that was an issue that came up in the 90s. You know, that's when a lot of these farm-bred imports started, you know, just flooding in the market. And you have people like, you know, Bob Clark and several others who had these you know different localities and everything, which opened that whole door. Right. But they were selling them for like two hundred fifty bucks, and totally just you know, um, believe it or me. not, just yeah. Well, believe it or not, it just undercut the entire market. Yeah. Right. And even though you had Trooper and Eugene with the really cool designer stuff, and then they had their you know the babies that came from these designers, you still had people that looked at these you know, Jayapuras and and Biox and these other. You know, farm bred ones asking the question. Well, why should I pay a thousand bucks for that when I can get four of these for a thousand bucks? Right. Um, that's that and that's happens. how much sway. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. still how much sway they had, you know. And yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of those I think wound up dying because many of them weren't feeding. They didn't. You know, they couldn't tell you if they had a meal or not. And yeah,
0: I want to. I want to hit on the chondro coalition, but before that, I wonder if what's your like with all your experience with chondros what would you say is the um the thing that makes them difficult in people's eyes that's like if because it seems like the people that nail it nail it and they don't have any issues or maybe they're not sharing those issues but it just seems like the people that are are nailing it are nailing it whereas like what me and owen were saying beforehand it's like I keep. I've kept all these different pythons and had no problems, and then yeah, all of a sudden, this yeah, one. is I, a problem. I,
1: I stopped keeping condros for the sake of the condros. I don't want I, to do detriment to the species anymore.
0: I, I chalk it up <laughs> to hydro. I'm going to say hybridization. <laughs> <laughs> Hydration is what I meant to say. I don't know. You have any thoughts on that?
3: Uh, yeah, thoughts. I mean, obviously not uh, a lot of them, perhaps unsubstantiated, but. Um, uh I know we're trying to figure out where to start with this one. Mm. So um, I would venture a guess that any of the big guys now, I mean, if you had a private conversation with, um, you know, Dave D or John Irby, they've got issues. Okay. There's not a, there's not a single person. The, uh, well, I mean, I, and again, I'm saying this off the cuff and based on my own experience, but, I think it would be, yeah, it just doesn't exist, you know, Yeah, in my my opinion. And it's not to say that any of these things are, are, um, you know, indictments on the keeper at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just weird things. I mean, I I never could figure out like, you know, the prolapse thing. I mean, some people will say hydration, but I'm not sure I buy into that. Some would say food because we're feeding them pinkies and in the wild their normal diet as a hatchling is you know frogs and lizards which actually do pass much easier but um but then how do you explain all the other litters you have where you don't have any issues and then you you know like i have one issue i had one i had random little prolapses here and there but mm-hmm. then i had one issue where or one litter where i had four five or six in the same litter and i kept them exactly the same as i kept every other one so I, I have no idea. And then you had the, the cigar back thing that was going on, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with that, where the, Mm-mm. the, the, the no. neos would, would basically fall back onto themselves, wow. you know, mm-hmm. and almost like depress their spine That's backwards fine. and they would snap out of it and seem fine. But if it was a repeated thing over time, what you would see when the animal got older, they would have sort of, I guess, these calcifications in those areas where that was occurring uh-huh. And you get these little lumps, um, you know that was a that was an issue. And of course, feeding is 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 well documented.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but it's really the prolapse issue and the and the and the cigar back thing that we've really sort of struggled, you know, um, to figure yeah, I've,
0: out. I've had uh, I think I've had two of them that I've had prolapse with, um, but you know I don't know. I, I've I think I've had maybe. 20 in my time. And I I don't know. It's just weird. Like, you know, know, with carpets, I don't have no problems at all. Never a problem. Right. No, nothing.
3: And that's where I got to with them. You know, I looked at every all all the other species of snakes that I keep and I'm like, I don't have any problems with you. I don't have any problems with you. There's none of this with you guys. None of Mm -hmm. this with you guys. And you know, so it is, it is, it can be a frustrating thing. Um, And the other thing is too, I remember One of my best litters um, I had back in, uh, what was it, 96, 97? Uh Um, Best litters in terms of hatch rate uh, Mm -hmm. for what I incubated myself. And I had several, a couple, well, a lot of really good animals. And I can't remember the bloodline that came from, but it was pretty valuable. Uh Rich Culver bought three of these babies from me, and they were at least six to eight months old. Mm-hmm. And I have one that just weird one day I'm checking on it and it's like half like sideways. And I'm like, wait a minute, something's not right. Next day it's just dead. Right. And you know, and this was way before night way before anything else. I mean, in fact right. I was actually separated at the time. So my main collection was still at my old house. Right. These babies spent their entire time in this, Apartment bedroom that I set up to to get them going. Okay. So there was no, in my view, very, very extremely low chance of any type of, you know, pathogenic cause for it. In my view, sure. Um, I mean, it was like a neurological thing, and this was an animal that was rolling. I mean, it just was did miss a meal, didn't do anything, and that's why, you know, I had a few people back then that bought you know a snake, and you know an issue would happen. And in some cases I would just, you know, replace the animal because I've, I've had that experience where just something unexplicable happens. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. that,
1: that, that, that comes up every once in a while where it's like, we're not dealing with, you know, stamps or something. It, it, this, yeah. It's a living animal. The stuff can happen and, and you can, it can be out of the blue. And uh, I've said it multiple times where, just because one clutch went this way doesn't mean the next year's clutch is going to go the same way, good or bad. I mean, right. it's just each one is different. Each season is different, so I can definitely see that being a, a, a the thing that happens like, around.
0: Yeah, I feel like sometimes there's so much that we don't know <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> that
3: yeah. uh, you know
0: <laughs> that. We well, some people we know. these
3: days, you know, may have more you know to say about the prolapse issue and or the cigar back thing. I don't know. Sure, yeah. I, I don't really keep True. up on all the all the you know the current things, but and
1: what's going on? Gotcha. It's so weird with the whole backpedal thing, like oh, the whole bending backwards. You think we would see the same thing in like a jaguar carpet python because they spend most of their life upside down when they're right. hatched up, like they're always going back. But I, I don't know, maybe that's something we have not even thought about trying to observe in jags. They're already yeah. messed up as is. Let's add more. <clears throat> so,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> What is uh, – so uh, let's sit on the Chondro Coalition be, yep. for people that may not know what that is
1: for new people. They do what? shame on them. They don't shame on them. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> well, so I guess in the mid-'90s, um, the idea was hatched. I don't know who did it, but it was you know, like Marshall Mendez and Trooper John Holland. Mm. Um, I was part of it a few times. Rico um, – it was probably Rico's idea if I had to guess. Um, I think Greg Stevens was in it um, oh, at yeah. one point. Um, uh, and I'm forgetting someone, uh on Marshall, but um, is
0: Terry Phillip in it? Uh,
3: he, I think he dove in on, on one of the later years because I can't remember, like, because they always did. Um, I think he may have when they did the Tinley show one year. Okay, I didn't go, I've never been to Tinley, I've always wanted to go, but. It's always a month and a half into the school year and it's just hard to dive away at that point. Right. Um, yeah.
1: yeah.
3: but um but I believe Terry might have been part of one gotcha. during the one of the Tinley shows that they did.
0: So it's probably like uh people would have heard us talk about carpet. Right? Well, I kind of remember I don't know, I'm assuming it was maybe I remember one Tinley I vended and I was splitting a table with Julie Bender and uh Well, to your point, what you said earlier, we had, I had like, you know, these awesome carpet morphs and cutting edge stuff and nobody gave Mm -hmm. a shit because they were gray looking snakes. And
1: (laughs) just normal,
0: like, you know, green chondro, and everybody's like, oh, my God, what is that? And they're freaking out, you know, and they want to see it and play with it, touch it. That, you
3: know. Yeah, I guess a lot of the carpet babies don't sell themselves. Really, no. right? You got to bring in – <laughs> if Definitely they if they're not old enough. You got to bring an adult. You got to
1: bring mom and sit her. This in This will thing. turn into that. I guarantee you. Right? Cannot have this. This is mine. But get so we had yeah.
0: we had carpet row on the one side. It was it was me and Julie and I believe it was Balin and. Nate Howard, and maybe – I'm trying to think about Luke. Luke Snell Luke was Snell. there yep, as well. Yep. There's a couple other people that I'm probably forgetting. But I remember to the left of us was uh, Terry Phillip and Marshall Mendez. I can't remember if Rico was there or not. Clockwork. I want to say he was. was.
2: There?
0: Maybe. yeah. But uh, you know, they had all these chondras. And I remember they had one of those – you know blue with the black look i guess back then they called it white phase i don't know what's called now but um it was like ten thousand dollars and i'm like holy shit that's a nice thing you know wow but yeah okay cool um so did you keep the clutch back when you the first one you produced or you didn't even know that you were gonna get
3: yeah i had no idea i mean i was just thrilled that i you know produce babies. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Produced babies. Right. And, um, and that was a maternal litter. Nice. My first few were maternal because I didn't have a fancy incubator to, um, hatch them out. in. and at the time, you know, you talk to trooper and Eugene, they're using form Scientific, scientific, yeah. you no know, incubators. And, um, the closest I had to that was one of those hova baiters. And I thought, <laughs> well, this isn't going to cut it. So the female's going to have to do the work, which actually turned out in hindsight to be, one of the most fulfilling or yeah, fulfilling things I ever did because just to watch so the natural process. Yeah. You know, I thought was really cool and um you know, so so that was that was that was really a lot of fun. Um actually do have a picture of a, a local show that uh Sean, me, buddy, the shammy had done. Mm, okay. And um and actually had. Well, what turned into mister Blue on the table for sale <laughs> for for a thousand bucks, which at the time was outlandish because that's that was right at the peak of the import wave okay so, i mean the the prices have really the prices really became depressed at the time um so i mean looking
1: back you're you're glad he didn't sell right i mean
3: that was <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah there were a lot of cool snakes out of that litter actually i didn't yeah but i mean i had no idea i mean you looked at i mean the the legend male he was he was nice i mean he was kind of that bluish black with the sort of bluish triangles under the right lighting and mm-hmm. you know the and the female powder you know the powder sib female she was green i mean she wasn't You know, she wasn't, I mean, that so called the blue female, she wasn't blue at the start. I mean, she was green and turned blue over, you know, successive litters.
1: Right. Nothing out of the ordinary is what it, and then, and then him. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So, cool.
0: um, I was going to say, like, real quick, what was your setup like for maternal incubation? Like, how did you, how did you set that up?
3: Yeah. I've done so, carpets, but <laughs> yeah. So I had the, um, if you remember like the two by two, uh, Nia arboreal cages. Yeah. 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 So I had, that was my arboreal setup. I was using the, um, like the 75 watt, um, Zoo Med infrared lamps. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. This was probably predating heat panels, which I'm still not a huge fan of. Honestly, I, I, if I had my drawthers, I would always do the heat lamps. I just feel like they do – they have a better focal point for the heat mm-hmm. where I think some heat panels, just because of their size, it's too much. But, again, I mean, people are successful yeah. with them. I just – maybe it's just something I grew up with that I was more comfortable with. Anyway, so I had that sort of set up off to the side as much as I could because if you remember, they sort of put that circular vent right dead yeah. center – yeah. So I kind of scooted it off as far as I could, and I had one of these Rubbermaid rough totes on, like, say, the one side of the cage, say, the right side. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so there was dry sphagnum in there, a few holes cut out for her to get into. And then on the entire floor of the cage was probably two or three inches of, like, just soaking wet sphagnum moss. Right. And then I had a heat pad underneath that same side, the side opposite the the, the nest box. Okay. And the purpose for that was to kind of keep keep the humidity up, I guess, to you know, mm-hmm. drive the humidity. Right. So that was the basic setup really. Um, you know, Trooper just told me just don't let the temperatures get too warm, let the female do the work. Gotcha. You, yeah. you can easily overheat the eggs, but the female will make up the difference if it's a little too cool. So you know, I tried to, you know, keep that in mind. <laughs>
0: Did she ever leave the eggs when you were doing? No,
3: it, never. Stayed on. She was awesome. I mean, she had her first was it two or three litters? She had six litters total, which is crazy. Right. Hmm. You only hear. A, and her first litter was at two and a half years old. Wow. Shit. Okay. I mean, I still yeah, I still have her data card and I, and I haven't heard of any other female. Sort of, maybe Trooper may have had some, but um, now keep in mind, I got this female. Um, nearly a year and a half old mm-hmm. from Trooper. Okay. So at that time, this year and a half old was eating small slash medium rats. Oh, okay. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> oh, he he was a heavy feeder. Um, yeah, he was a heavy feeder. But again, she, you know, she produced a litter of twenty-four. There was twenty-four eggs, seventeen live babies in that first litter. Two and a half years old. That is not Mater- maternal. For a first time. And then the next year I t- t- I bred her again maternal. Oops. I mean, I you know, this was partly just ignorance on my part. Right. right? But she was fine. And then I did give her a year off. Mm-hmm. And then bred her, that's when Mr. Blue turned into Mr. Blue. I sold it to John Holland. Then we bred him back to the to the to mom two right. straight years. So and I think one of those was maternal and one of those was artificial.
0: Wow, was the thinking back then that the blue when you started to see the condor turn blue? Did you did you uh, did you think of it as a morph? Was it like yeah, well, uh, what, was, kind of what was the thought process? Because I guess ball pythons were sort of kicking in at that point. And
3: yeah, I mean there was so many different like animals of origin. I mean, you had mentioned in the text you sent me about the sort of the the way they've divided up the condors these days. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like like. Um, you know, uh, genetically speaking. Sure. And, you know, there was so much mix match going in there. Um, I always felt because of the hormone, I always felt, you know, that the genetics sort of supplied the parameters that you could pretty much expect. Right. Right. But then again, I mean, there was always mixing and other miscellaneous things that happen, um, which actually makes them really attractive because you end up, in some cases with an entire litter full of unique animals Sure. and right. in, in, in all their different ways. And, um, but genetically, I don't know that it ever could be sort of pinned down just because I feel like the hormones play such a part yeah. on, you know, sort of what happens with the colors. I don't know.
0: Have you noticed that the females would, cause it's the females that would be hormonal blue. Is it, is it something that they would, not, it would not happen until like they ovulated or was it like as they matured that they would change or what,
2: what was your experience?
3: Yeah. About? If I look back on the pictures of my own, the original female, she was like a, she was green mm-hmm. when we, when I brother her the first year sitting on the eggs, coming off the eggs, she was more like a blue green sort of, you know, she was in right. transition and then after that second litter is when she really hit the, you know, pretty much was blue, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I think
3: this would, but so it was, was like a progression
1: once is that he had a blue animal that would always go back to green until like one clutch and just like stayed, stayed blue, blue. And that yep. was it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because she kind of drifted more green after that first litter. And then, um, I mean, the blue was definitely there, but not as prominent. Mm.
0: Has there been any thought to why chondros do that and other
3: snakes don't? Yeah, that is interesting. I never yeah. I never gave that much thought. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just the interplay of the hormones that are going along with the reproductive process that also, are, I guess, are playing a role with the, the colors. I don't know. I mean, I mean, we have other species that kind of color
1: because I know people will say that rough scale pythons will color up into like that silvery kind of look that they get. But nothing that, like, you don't have a ruffie that turns silver and stays silver. Like, it's right. not, yeah. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yet. Good point. I, I will silver roughies I get, oh, coming yeah. your way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my babies. Don't worry. Yeah, uh, yeah I just I'll was always
0: curious about that. It's sort of like the same thing. It's like, why are some, you know, in particular with Morelia, why are some red? You know, you'll have some chondros that are red, and some are yellow, and you'll have some that are all yellow. You have some carpets that are hatch out red, and then they, you know, and some that don't.
3: Well, they,
2: well yeah.
0: I always, you know, it's one of those things. I, I guess we'll never know the answer to, but uh, it's fun to think about, at least for yeah. me. No, you
3: know, it is, and 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 Owen, before I forget about this, so you're you're working with the um, the rust scales. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That's what that's all. This rack right here is this. Oh, this that's incredible.
1: And then. Back there is mom, dad, and an older brother. So yeah.
3: So now, so now, how prevalent are they now? Like in terms of the captive stock? It's weird because it seemed like a couple of years ago they they were on the cusp of being
1: freaking everywhere, and right. I guess several people have hit problems. Um, you know, this is what happens: is that so? Cameron had a bunch of them, and he sold out all of his, and they spread around with a bunch of people and some people had success. More people ended up buying pairs and then losing one or losing both. So we're kind of coming back down to it where it seems like there was going to be a big balloon. And now we're kind of shrinking back down where people who may have produced a clutch now lost their adults. And so they're out there, but and there is some interest and people are out there seeking like a female or a male because they already have. Uh, one or the other, but then certain people who are interested in them because they've been a, a chondro person or or a Morelia person, they're asking about uh, pears, but they seem to kind of keep holding true at their price of like anywhere between like 12 to 15, which they've had for a couple years now, which is which is odd because you see other animals like olive pythons where they breed, and they don't have any more for mutation either. And their price went from, like, up here to, like, down further into the yeah. hundreds, five, four hundred. So,
0: Well, that's probably supply and demand,
1: right? That is true. There's also a rough-scale python that has, like, 1620 eggs max and, and an olive python that, if you do it wrong, will, will ditch 30 on you. So, yeah, it's— My
0: okay. thought on the rough-scale python—you tell me if you agree, Owen, but, like— yep uh it's like i think it was one of those things that it was just the idea of it and everybody was excited about the idea of it and then they got it and then maybe it wasn't like what they thought it would be and then the people that are just really into having rough like understood what
1: what what they have you know what i mean mean, like
0: this is a rare python and
1: there's there's that there's that part of it definitely and then there's the the other part of it like um if you buy a frill lizard because you expect it to frill at you all the time, you're going to be disappointed. If yeah. you buy a rough scale python because you want to see that threat display, mm-hmm. I have seen it once out of all the rough scale pythons mm-hmm. I have ever had, once. So, wow. yeah.
3: But so I, what's I, I, what? So what's your group consist of? Uh,
1: I have a reverse trio of adults. I oh, know I have a trio of adults. I have one male, two female of adults, and then I have a male juvie. And then all these are mine. Nobody can have them. It's like, no, these are the babies from last year. Um, uh, I'm keeping a pair, maybe a trio, and then that those two have to go to Eric. I'm, I'm not allowed to look at them anymore. So, um, <laughs> Eric already has those, yes. but um, well, that's cool. Well, congratulations. That's your first litter, or. Uh, I had two clutches last year from two girls. So wow, good for yeah. you! That's awesome. Oh yeah, in the yeah. deep end, it was right. At, like I mean, like <laughs> we're not gonna. I have this much time to figure out the first clutch because the next one is coming on its heels. So yeah, it was. But I I love them. They're they're my favorite. They're my favorite species of snake. Are they yeah. similar, more similar to
3: carpets to get going, or more similar to green
1: I I set up expecting condros and I got carpets. Like I was getting ready yeah. to. Some of them did have to get started on birds, which again, and and I did want to kind of talk about that with you is like being where I'm at now with this with these clutches. I had access to so many things to right. try with them. Yeah. Things like button quail babies and um, even breeders that are supplying eggs of quail that had fully matured but had not hatched so i could crack it open and have a bird the size of a fuzzy to offer to these guys it's mm-hmm. like you guys back then like were, were you scouring various farmlands to see if you could find some chicken <laughs> guy that was gonna <laughs> give you stuff like how did you get the shit that you could i know african softwares were supposed to be like the the godsend for several things, so, and there was I no know. internet. Yeah, exactly, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not like yeah. you could
3: just, you know. Well, I think back then, um, you went with typical things. So you could get chicks. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the um, purveyors of rodents sold chicks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you we tried. Um, I remember when Pete Call um, hatched out a litter. And he couldn't get it going. He had um. Either Crutchfield was strictly sending up, send him up a box full of these Highland tree frogs, and so we wound up pureeing some of them as they were, you know, dying off, and um, you know, like geckos, things of that, like house geckos, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. um. But th- yeah, I mean that that was it. Wasn't too much. I mean, the only thing that really worked for me personally was um, was like the chick feathers. Like I would rip off the scruff, you mm-hmm. really fine feathers on the, on the uh, neck. And, you know, after you thaw a pinky and water, you know, you just stick it on the head. And I had, I had a lot of luck with that. As a matter of fact, uh, troopers go to was he would bring a, a chick home from the zoo, a live one, cut it fresh, you know, kill it fresh, mm-hmm. open up the guts, put the pinkies right in the, blood and guts I tried that it didn't work for me but um I tried geckos I tried well the frogs actually worked a little bit um Mm -hmm. but it's funny some frogs didn't because I know um you know I think I pureed up one of Sean's dead um poison arrow frogs Mm -hmm. and it just didn't didn't elicit the same response yeah
1: It's Mm. funny because I have right here a bag of quail feathers and Mm -hmm. I would drop the wet (laughs) pinky in and then you shake and bake. You just kind of do this and then you throw it at them. And uh, I haven't had to use it in a while, but it's over there. So um, it's funny, those kinds of tricks and, you know, how you kind of evolve with that stuff, because I have certain other species that are totally into frog feeders right off the bat. And I, I get frog legs routinely and fall mm-hmm. out the pinkies with that stuff and it works so everything this old becomes new again so, that's right
3: that's yeah. right <laughs> and you know and some of it with the condros too came down to technique mm-hmm. you know learning the technique refining it um and again it, it it certainly helped me out a lot to have you know troopers here back then too because he was um you know pretty adamant and impressing upon me that sometimes you just have to really piss them off yeah
1: yeah you, know, you really do where you're looking
3: at this little thing and you're thinking man it's delicate you don't want to hurt it and this that and the other and he pretty much you know strike that whole notion out of my mind
0: Make i'm it curious mad. yeah i'm curious if you had similar results like i found with picky carpets there's like if you hit them like right behind the neck they yes. sort of like turn the magic yep. and, button. Yep. And yeah yeah it would work with contrast too okay yeah yeah that's good to know yeah
3: yeah, that became a that that became something that, you know that that we made pretty you know pretty good use of. I Me mean, just tap them right on the side of the S there, and mm-hmm. you know yeah. they just kind of swing around with their mouth open.
0: <laughs> and then once it's engaged, it's, it's like uh, right it's in there.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. You, you talk to some condor people, and they'll tell you how many condors they've had in their life that would bite wrap like, like a bite rap, like a bite rap, lecco.
1: I and love how so, you have those in your collection that you know those are the ones who are going to bite, wrap, and let go. So when you go away and you feed everybody and then you leave and you can smell it, you know which cages you should go to first because these are the ones who drop things or right. grab it and put it behind their hide box, which is just lovely. So, yep.
3: Yeah, back then I would take, um, you know, like a half dozen of mm. these shoe boxes. And line them up, and I would just work my way down. So the ones that dropped, I would just give them a little time to get themselves resettled and Mm -hmm. move on down the line. And the same thing with the so-called runners, you know, the ones you try to tease feed a little bit, and they just start moving all over the place. Just put the lid on and move on, and they'll get themselves back together. But um, they can be frustrating. I remember sometimes not even wanting to go in the reptile room just because (laughs) I I knew what I had to face, and I just didn't want to face it. Yeah, you know? so yeah, yeah, were
0: you keeping Jess condros then, or did you have other stuff?
3: I had a few other things, yeah. I mean, so I had um, still the emerald tree boa, um, the Brazilian rainbow. I remember what else I had back then. I think I had a pair of the bearded dragons, pair of um, blue tongue skinks. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> and then it more from there. I mean, now I've got probably. I don't know, like 24 different species of things. Oh, shit. Okay. There. Well, I mean, it's not a huge collection, but it's, you know, probably 60 or 70 animals. So I don't have a lot of individuals of any one species. But
0: is it pythons and boas or is it pythons, boas? Oh, helubrids? God. It's, it's, it's all
3: kinds of things. I, really I, got like tor- I got tortoises now, too, man. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, just gone, it's gone everywhere. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So nice but yeah it's it's a smattering of different things um it's funny too because you're talking about things coming full circle i mean some of these yep. things were things i had back in the 90s and because i got so um you know into the condos, it it sort of started eating into the time i could allocate to other things mm-hmm. so i had you know a really nice pair of arizona mountain kings i sold Aww. those so i got another pair of them now and <laughs> you know um <laughs> Yeah, You know, I had some house snakes back in the day. And so I got back into those. And so just, yeah. yeah, And I actually picked up this past summer. I'm real excited about it. um, The Aurora house snakes, which I'd never had, Ah. always wanted. So I've got a, um, well, supposed to be, a, I suppose I have a trio. I bought a pair from Europe, Uh which by the way, getting stuff from Europe nowadays. Oh my God. It's (laughs) so so easy. (laughs) I had no idea, man. So, you know, last summer when I got out of school, you guys remember Jurgen? Yeah. From yes. the Netherlands, okay? Yeah. So we stay in touch. We're still friends. He doesn't really keep anything. Um, so I reached out to him, and I'm like, hey, man, I know you still keep a pulse on what's going on out there, and I know Europe is a place where you can get things we can't get here necessarily. Sure. And there are a couple of people working with him here, but nobody had anything available. I said, put your ears open to finding these snakes. He had no idea what the hell they were. So within a month, This was like in May. So within probably less than a month, he tracked down um, a male Uh from a guy in the Netherlands who was selling it because apparently it's not legal to feed live animals there. Okay. And this thing was only eating live. So I actually got it for a really good deal. And so then he found this female, which was a holdback female, this guy in Italy was selling. Met the guy in, in Ham show, bought that animal for me, then took both animals to this, um was it called, um, Dutch dragons? Okay. You, know, okay. you know they are? I think it's no, called Dutch dragons. Uh, okay. They're, they're like a shipper, right? So he, he takes these two snakes to them, mm-hmm. and the next week I've got them. It, no, it's, no, 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 no sighties, no nothing. Yep. And it right. only cost me and it cost me $250 door to door, which is crazy. It's so nuts. apparently what, apparently what goes down is somehow these guys are able to, I guess, get blanket sighties things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They shipped it then to this guy, the sun, Fla- the Sunfire dragon ranch in California. Yeah. Okay. He just passed away. Yeah. Okay. But so what happened was my shipment from Europe got sent there, I assume, with other animals. Right. And then they then split it and then FedEx it to, to each individual person. Right. Because when I got the FedEx shipment, that's the address that was on there. was on it. Some place yeah. in California. And so, um, and it said sun fow- Sunfire. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I don't know if it was still called the Dragon Ranch or not, but in either case, but Yeah, so within like a month and a half of me telling Juergen this is what I want, (laughs) there are my hands. What I'm thinking initially is going to be like a year, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we'll get these things. By the time we get the paperwork, the health certificates, all that crazy crap, it's going to be a year, right? So, yeah, 250, door to door.
1: It is, and it's so much easier to now get the – I've had several animals get shipped to Canada. You know, you got to send them through – one of the shipping companies that does that now, and they you ship it to them, they hang on to it, and then they ship it to Canada. I, it was, it took a week for the animals to come from and my I, place to there. Yeah.
3: And I assume that's all in the up and up, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess no, it
1: has it all legal. They have all the sighties, they do all the paperwork. That's why it took a week. You know, it was at the first place within 24 hours, and then it left the following week because they had to get all the clearances and stuff like that, and then it was gone. And then, yeah. they, next the, the the following it left my house on monday arrived on tuesday the following tuesday it was landing in canada with its owner wow um, that was it not yeah, yeah so
3: I, I had no i had no idea i mean because the last thing i shipped was over to europe required all the, the advanced paperwork and know, yeah. the sitey stuff and health certificate meeting with fish and wildlife the, the whole nine yards but um yeah that was an amazing experience
1: man yeah, that's awesome that's cool yeah, so that's
0: a, yeah that's that's awesome They're such a cool snake house snakes they kind of have like a python head almost like look to them they
3: well what's like. weird about it is you know the the house snake is the house snakes are like a complex uh-huh. they actually constitute about four different genuses oh really i didn't know. That. like right. the aurora like the aurora house snake is not the same genus as the brown or the black house snake oh okay and they're different looking animals too Really? One of them, like the, the, the brown and black house snakes, you know, sort of have the elliptical eyes, different features, different mm-hmm. scalation. The auroras have round eyes. I mean, they're completely different. I just, I assume that the whole house snake thing is like a moniker, like rat snake, for example. Gotcha. Right. Okay. You know, a rat snake is is a variety of different, right. you know, species. And so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. That's
1: cool
0: what else do you got cooking over there? What else? Is
3: so, there? yeah. So some, some house snakes and I, a couple years ago, um, got the Hankling to get into some rosy Boas. Mm. Okay. So there's this guy, um, his name's Ryan shadow. He's out in California. Okay. Called Baja Boas. An amazing. Yeah. Amazing collection. And his website is awesome. It's non-commercial really. I mean, it's a commercial website, but it's really like non glittery. Mm -hmm. And it has all these different localities of these different, or these, you know, different localities of rosies. And so it's really a cool, you know, experience. I'm more of a, you know, kind of a wild type person as opposed to, you know, like a morph guy. Like I think I've maybe only had, you know, five animals. No, not even that, probably three Mm -hmm. that are like morphs of some sort. Um, But anyway, so I got into some of those. Um, The thing that sort of took you know, stole my heart from the condors was the annulated Uh Back in <laughs> yes. 2017, I bred those, and then bred them again in 2019. So um, I'm raising up a you know a small group of those. Um, okay. My adults now are my female now. I think she's she's peaked. Uh, she's just not she's not leading me to believe that she's capable okay. of like doing another litter gotcha. You know, like her feedings become more erratic or mm-hmm. right. You know, and she is 20 years old now, so
2: Yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah. So I got, you know, you know, I got um, a male and two females that I'm raising up that were born in 2017, so they should be ready probably next year. Very cool. But they're a lot of fun. I enjoy those. Not as much color variation, but super neat animals.
1: Oh, yeah, I gotta yeah. watch it. I, I'm on a boat. So, <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta chill because I have, um, I got a pair of Argentines, and I keep looking at, um, Hog Island boas and stuff like that. Oh yeah, but yeah. I only have so much space in my house. So like I gotta, yeah. I gotta, chill. So the boa
0: rumor is almost coming true. I would <laughs>
1: almost, <man>. almost. <laughs>
0: Those Argentines, though, are, it, so I can't remember. Did Keith have pink on them? Like some of the ones I do. I mean,
1: yeah. they, but I like the high black ones anyway. So yeah. oh, okay, I yeah. went for I went for the least. He Keith kept pointing out like the high pink, and I'm like, no, nah, I want that one. so I want that uh, one. Yeah. Uh, but okay. it's every. So how got old? How old are your Argentines? Oh, they're babies. They're okay, about, almost a year old at this point. Oh, okay, but they're hissy and angry and upset all the time. Love them love them to death yeah yeah i like those ones that try to kill me. no
3: i love those man in fact i picked <laughs> one up um i picked a mail up from a buddy of mine um not this past fall the one before mm. um, only because it was one of the first super cool unique boas that you know i held at pete's because i actually wound up volunteering at pete calls for a period of time mm-hmm. back okay. in the early 90s too and um, that was an awesome experience, too, talking about being in the right place at the right time. I was lucky enough to see the first albinos born that he had. Wow. And geez. also the first piebalds, because um, he was the first one to kind of prove all that out. Yeah. Um, but he also had Argentines. And so I've always wanted one to have, and I'm sure I could be talked into getting a female at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of um, arm-, arm twisting. Yeah. <laughs> But you know it's, it's, it's You know, coming back again to this full circle thing. You know, mm-hmm. they were really popular back in the '90s and early 2000s. Then you didn't see them for a while. Now yeah. you're seeing them and these really crazy, high pink ones and everything. You know, it's funny how the animals. Some of these animals sort of cycle through like a ebb yeah. and flow. Dumarils, the bow is the same thing. Yes, you could, you could yes. find them everywhere in the '90s and early 2000s. Then they sort of disappeared for a while, and now yeah. they're back. Now, that, and, now and they're much more expensive, I might have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing where it's like I,
1: I never seem to get them when they're on that on the in the valley. It's when
3: Yeah, they were $350 back then. Now they're like 600 dollars yeah. dollars And same thing with the Argentines, they're like yes. over a grand now. Yeah. They well, were 400 dollars um, back in the nineties.
1: Yeah, ring Pythons. <laughs> so like they apparently they were giving them away at hamburg shows. And yeah. like and I, I did not pay that for I I yeah, so yeah, it seems Everything like goes when away I was, and then comes back.
0: Yeah, when I was a when I was a kid in reptiles in the eighties, it was kinda like it was all about species. And then the morph thing came in and then it became about, you know, that about one species, you know, or a couple of species, I would say. And then it seems like it's sort of going back to that multi species type of thing.
1: Yeah. More fun yeah. with the multi species stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: I don't know. Just animals know. with different habits and things like that, you know. Just
1: yeah, different
3: I, things to pick your interest.
1: I got bored opening up every cage and bin, seeing a carpet python with a different color pattern. Like yeah. I, you know, I, I I wanted, and now I have. You've taken say? it too far. Owen. I did. I yeah. Did. So, no, don't, <laughs> don't follow me. You know, like it is not. It's not a good place where I am. Yeah. It's. Uh, the jungle over here yeah
0: uh, yeah
1: yeah
3: Quite well and you know and honestly if there were things i would get into as far as like morris are concerned would definitely be the carpets i mean there's some really yeah. wicked cool things out there yeah. i mean
1: what's the problem is i say i don't want to do it but then i'm like i love a good tiger carpet and yeah it's
3: yeah like some of the
0: stuff they're doing in australia is just like yeah
1: shit. yeah and, you know yep. i was looking just, at some hypo uh super hypos today and i'm like my god i'm like There's, oh i have the ingredients uh, for that over here justin <laughs> Smythe, designer carpet pythons yeah, in australia yeah, he has yeah, like yeah. that hypo
0: that has yeah. like one tiny black scale on it and
1: other that, than that it's that like were orange me, and lighter orange if that were me i would look at that one black scale and i'd be like you son of a bitch like, you would you color know, it in my, with a
0: marker <laughs> wouldn't you
1: yeah like, <laughs> and I'll, get off my snake yeah i'll get you
0: What's God. it like uh what's your what's your feeling on having such a impact on chondro history? Like do you think about
3: that? Does it, Not really. Know? I mean, I've kind of, of about it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I've done, yeah. you know, some podcasts or whatever. I guess really I'm just humbled by it, to be honest, because I mean there was nothing in there was no blueprint or game plan I had. I, I they were the only they were the only two animals or the only two green trees I had at the time, when mm-hmm. I produced Mister Blue, right? So um, I just happened to be fortunate enough to live not too far from a guy who had been, you know, I mean, I've more or less benefited from Trooper and Eugene's twenty-plus years of work, right? And and you know, Switek and all the others who contributed to that bloodline, and um, so I, I, I more or less just consider myself again, almost like you know, being affiliated with peak call, just being in the right place at the right time. I
1: mean, so looking at some of the condors that are being produced today, you know, things come to mind like uh, <laughs> sickness and a couple of other lines and things like that. Ever want to like just start dipping your toe back into that craziness or, or you're like that, that, that time has passed and we're good now. Well,
3: I, I think it'd be hard for anyone not to look at some of those animals and say, wow, I'd like to have one or two of those. Mm-hmm you know, like the stuff Budway's producing and, um, you know, and Jimmy Optal and, and my nephew Christian. And I mean, you know, John Irby, Dave D. I mean, all those guys, you look at some of their yeah. top end animals and, it, and and it's like your jaw just drops. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. like they have one of them. I mean, they've got an <laughs> army sick. of these things yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, wow. You know? And, um, and I've been in awe about it. And I, 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 there's a part of me that feels like I got out at the right time because <laughs> I probably would have gotten run over by these guys, you know. And So, you know, I had my little piece and moved on, you know, where these right. guys are really just, I mean, taking the next level, you know.
0: Yeah, some of the stuff that's getting produced today is
3: phew, just crazy. But, you know, we started seeing some of the glimpses of it because, uh, you know, after Mr. Blue was hatched out, You know, Buddy Getzger and I did a couple of nice pairings with um, my blue female and his so-called daddy pants, which was a pretty unique animal that came from the old yeller line. And we produced some phenomenal animals out of that litters or that. Well, we had one main litter we had. The other one was only a couple of babies, Um, but there were a lot of smoking animals that came out of there.
1: I love the names and the lines because then it's like some people have to like do it and say it. <laughs> it's like, yes, this is a daddy pants animal. It's like,
3: I look, yes. I got
0: to <laughs> tell you, man, that's my favorite thing about it's the community is that they name them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wish that the carpet people did that more. But like, I don't know. It just becomes such an iconic animal that especially right. like if it's a nice animal, you
3: know? Right. Like yeah.
0: everybody remember. Oh, I know that one. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, what's yeah, and I one... think
3: Greg probably took that to the next level. I mean, I think Trooper named some. Um, I never named any of mine, I, I don't even know where the legend name came for the male, the sire to Mr. Blue. Um, I think John Holland gave Mr. Blue Mr. Blue's name, right? Um, Trooper had some names, yeah, like old Yeller and Powder. Yeah. Um,
0: did you ever mess with yellow chondros, like high yellow?
3: I did you know when you guys were before I hopped in you were talking about yep. the um the yellows that the um
1: lemon the kofio
3: yeah. well they had the, the canaries and then they had the the lemon trees were before that was like Tim Termezi, yep way yep. back um way back when mm-hmm. um, but then they had those canaries I did get a pair of canaries once and I don't remember what I did with them. <laughs> I never bred them, and I think they did turn yellow. All they think one of them stayed yellow; the other one turned green. Okay, um, but yeah, I don't remember what I did with them.
0: I think I hear that they're notoriously difficult to get established. As far as babies, at least
3: that's what I've heard. That... Right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I can't remember.
1: Hmm. Has there ever been that one that you thought was going to be stellar, and then it just turned green? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Yep>. All right.
3: <laughs> I had one. of um, If I, if I remember you guys send me an email, I'll send you a picture of this one. That was probably one of the most bizarre looking babies I ever produced. And I thought for sure, man, this is going to be something. And it was just as plain, uh, one of the plainest green snakes, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my fear. <laughs> so I'd get into yeah. and be like this one, this one, damn it. <laughs> like, and then it's like, so yeah yeah. we were sort
0: of talking about this with jungle carpets uh i think it was the last episode when we were talking to ben but we were sort of saying about like back in the day it was sort of like hit or miss like you would get maybe like two or three in the clutch that would be like that neon yellow and high black and then the other ones would be okay but anymore it's just like they're all mm-hmm. like you'll get like maybe one that's eh, it's got a couple black spots whatever but like
3: yeah you know I mean, the good thing about that, though, is, you know, you have the genetics. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember, you know, Paul Miles, uh, who was used to be partners with Pete at the Boa Barn. Right. Um, he he did some of the albino stuff as, as well. But he had a pair of um, Amazon Basin Emeralds and, you know, very early on and bred them. And they had, I mean, weak striping as mm-hmm. far as basins go. Right. But that that one, actually, that pair produced, uh, I think, one of the first like sort of snowflake or whatever they call the oh, crazy cool. white ones. Yeah. And right. I think and I think it might if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I am I could be wrong on this, but I think that animal that Paul produced went to Ed Marino and became one of the sort of founders of that particular line. Again, I can't remember, um, but I know Paul produced it. Um, so, um, yeah, but I, again, it came from two animals that were, you know, not the most right. well-striped animals.
2: Right. Right.
3: And I know like even in the old, old yeller litter, um, there were several awesome animals in that litter and the female was a wild caught and she was just green. Really, a very dark green, but just green. Right. A very nondescript, you know, animal.
2: Hmm. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah, I uh, I think of um, what's that? Con- I think these over somewhere in maybe Portugal mosaic. That. Crazy looking condo. Oh yeah, the
1: mosaic condos that we get from yeah. I see. They have yeah. a lot of different colors. Looks like somebody threw fruity pebbles at a snake. Yeah, yeah, needed, like
0: the computer condo back in the day is maybe Yeah. Say
1: it it's it's nice. Yeah, probably similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, it, there's a lot of different kind of um stuff out there and I, and I know everybody at one point if they had an animal that didn't kind of match what other people were producing they slapped a name on it and tried to turn it into something i know that kind of happened in the early 2000s that happened a lot in carpet mm-hmm. pythons where this thing came out and i'm gonna call it this and then they never got to the point where it either they they couldn't confirm it so like something mm-hmm. weird would come out they name it call it a morph and then either they bred it and none of the babies lined up or they it never got to that point and it just kind of fizzled out. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of stuff has changed. That's yeah, there's one. The yeah, yeah, that's the mosaic.
3: Nice. Wow. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Um. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that. That
3: that's an article.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. Do you think that? Uh, uh, let's see. What else do we have to hit on? I. Uh, you know. Sometimes I think. You know, you see this with carpet pythons too. But like, I I, I kind of have a theory that sometimes you see these crazy, you know, looks and stuff because of somewhat of crossing two species or subspecies or stuff like that. And I don't know. I kind of like I, I kind of like how that Contra World does it, uh, where they sort of designate it as designer, mm-hmm. um, and they sort of. It's so weird how different it is from carpet python world where it's like, they'll fight you because, you know, you're
1: corn. How dare you try to, Don't, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, uh, but it seems like the chondro world is just sort of like, you know, it's like, it's a cool snake, you know, keeping it in a box. What difference does it make? It looks beautiful. Right. Yeah. It's cool to look at. Has that sort of been your thoughts of of, of things or?
3: Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. Kind of a I mean,
0: natural type of. Look. well no
3: but with the chondros obviously with the, the the designer thing seemed to blossom around the same time that i got into it right mm-hmm. i know that the uh, trooperies refer to his animals as mutts
2: right oh you did? know just because oh,
3: yeah. yeah i mean because they were the first he and eugene and such were the first to establish these sort of genealogies for their animals
2: yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: so they knew where the founders came from and you know like for example they had you know, like these Beox from the Philly Zoo and, you know, Carl Switek's animal that came in, captured Gravid, you know, that was in the Reptiles magazine. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. So, you know, so there were just a bunch of ones. But at that point, you know, no one or they didn't know that they were, you know, that distinct, I guess, to be kept different or separate, you know. But at... Yeah. I mean, and I think part of that was just because when animals came over here, unless you were Carl Swat- Swatak and went over and got it, right, you had no idea where they were coming out of. Right. You know, and I remember, you know, my own mind being blown when, you know, the Marukis became the big thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm talking to Cameron it's and he goes, Dude, you know the funny thing is there is no such thing as a Maruki Condro. Maruki's, <laughs> Maruki's just a port they're getting shipped out of. Oh that's what's on the box. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, right? So he said it's down in the southern part of the, you know, the the island there and um Yeah, you know, there's not no rainforest down there. So yeah. I'm like, well, why uh, do they call them that? He goes, Well, that's just where they get shipped out of.
1: Yeah, uh, there was a there's a line of carpet python that I had that was high contrast Queensland because that's what was on the box. Yeah. high contrast Queensland. So yeah. wow, that's it.
0: That's happened a lot. Atherton, yeah. Atherton, Atherton carpet. You
2: know. Yep.
3: Um, so now quick. speaking of carpets, I got one question for you guys because you're, yep. you're the you're car- the carpet expert. So I do actually have a pair of. Um, I don't. Did you guys come down to the ICAST way back in 2013? Oh yeah, I got the shirt hanging up in the thing. ah, good yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, of course, yeah. you know, John Romano had was charged with sprucing up a video to come out of that, which never happened. But um, so, anyways, you know, I that that's when I bought the. Um, I think Nick was there, and yep. I bought the complete carpet python, which I think had just come out around yep. that time. Yep. Yep. So then he signed it, and I was like, well, I guess if I bought the book, i I got to buy the animals. And they had a small <laughs> little thing there, and the guy Ryan from Clockwork Reptiles, I think, had some yeah. Erie and Giant carpets, which I believe came from Cameron. Yep, yep, um, yep. So I actually raised them up as a pair, and I bred them a couple nice. of years ago. Um, yeah, really cool animals, actually. Um, but what do they call them these days? Is it New Guinea? <laughs> It now yeah, uh, you know it's funny it's funny, it's funny you, you that. said
1: it because our, our chat was people were throwing punches on that this morning in yeah, the yeah, chat. oh like, god in okay the chat. yeah because i when i came into it they were ijs yeah,
3: and i would right. flip up
1: and say ijs all the time because in my head that's what they are technically we should be saying papuan carpet right eric
0: well i think that people don't like the name papuan carpets because why is it's it too, of, the papuan python because, yeah because sometimes people will cut it short and say papuan python and then it gets confused with the actual one Pop-oon is python. this big
1: one and is this big like it is some <laughs> people yeah,
0: some people call it a west papuan carpet python oh, some people call it um What's the other name for them? New Guinea Carpet Python? New Guinea Carpet
3: Python. I mean, they're they're uh, found in New Guinea, right? I mean, it's right. just the line of yeah. the sand, really, it's, right? Yeah. And so they're, yeah. they're they're on both sides.
0: I think I, most of the ones that we get in the trade are coming from West Papua. So that's why that okay. name sort of stuck, West Papua and Carpet Pythons. But, are
1: they trying to set it up so that when somebody goes and actually gets them from New Guinea, they can say, these are not. Well, they man. have the New Guinea ones. Exactly. So it's like, all right, well.
0: Which are totally different. Than the, the west papuan ones cuz they don't hatch out red babies they have this uh, sort of gray look as reduced pattern which uh, i don't know if you go on uh, iNaturalist and you look at some of the ones from the other side of the island they sort of do look like those new guineas i kind of call them papuan carpet pythons that's what i call
2: them
1: that's,
3: I, that's where that's i've gone identity. and now the latin has even i changed.
0: do miss the ij name cuz
3: yeah, that's one yeah i sort saw that I that yeah you know, with the most recent uh, edition Book. of the yeah of the book, they're 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 sort of doing some reclassification. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're the same now as Darwin carpets. Variegata,
1: yeah, they're they're variegata, and it's Darwin's and Cape Yorks. Cape now. Yorks, yeah. yep, mm-hmm. they're all the it's same. The
0: Cape Yorks you can see because they look identical to what? well.
1: You can also see with the with the Darwin's because it's like, gee, I don't know where did this. Oh, it, they they yeah they these looked like they were connected at one
3: point, and they were.
2: Yeah.
1: So, and
3: they were yeah. The Torres yeah. Strait was yeah. one time. A, br- a land bridge, you right. know, which is how they predict the condros made it down to uh Cape York.
1: so Exactly. So it makes sense to follow all the other animals and do the same. So yeah,
0: yeah. To me, that's the perfect chondro. Is a green snake with the white stripe. That to me is
3: yeah.
1: You
0: know, I I do like all the others, but to me, that's like creme de la creme. I wanted to post this up real quick because. Owen sent me a picture of it, but I wanted just so the people that are watching could see a picture of an Aurora house snake. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah. They're they're, neat. Where they're
1: different looking. I like it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And the thing yeah. is that green can be a real light green and or a real dark green. They all had the orange striping and the black sort of stippling on the on the head and and such, they're they're really cool animals. Yeah. Such a cool animal,
1: yeah. Another okay. thing that now is on my radar that I didn't <laughs> need it to be on my radar, but now it's on my radar.
3: It's well, the beauty thing about those Owen is that that they're very small. They're relatively very small snakes. So they don't take up Thank much room. God, it's Thank like so. you know, I. I you am, could keep you know fifty of those in the space of one Argentine enclosure, exactly. there right? You go.
1: Well, that's, that's the problem. Is a on hundred in hand, the retic cage? Exactly. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I can keep a whole zoo in there. It's a population. It's, I still don't
0: know why you have that thing.
1: I oh yeah, I do. You're. I gotta find okay. the right person to take her. Um, so I, I, on one hand, I get the Argentines, and the other hand, I got um, bamboo rat snakes. So it's like, yeah. I, 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 my addiction goes through many different levels. So yeah. Here's
0: a crazy question: And all of the snakes that you kept, reptiles that you kept, is there a species that is on your list that either it hasn't become available yet, or you just haven't had the opportunity to work with it, and you want to?
3: Well, the, you know, the the carinata was one. I mean, okay. that's, that's been on my bucket list since you know the nineties. Okay. Um, so, and I remember, I guess uh, back in to 2010 or so maybe i I can't my timeline's going to be really off there but i think terry phillip had some and bred them. is that right yeah that's about right yep yep. yeah and um and i don't know where they all went from there i don't know if he still has them or not i haven't talked to terry in a while
1: i I want to say his were somewhat tied up with agreements of zoo stock which can be difficult to kind of yep
0: yeah, reptile garden. Release
1: out there. Um, I know several zoos that have Caranata have them with the thing of that they will not release them to the public. So um, I'm not sure what ended up happening there, but I know I followed Terry's stuff. And I think a couple of years after that, you started seeing them pop up because they were brought in. Um, I know Cameron brought in a bunch uh, uh-huh. that was resulted in that kind of stuff. And then I think they kind of just trickled in through european leaders and stuff yeah. like that legally yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah well, that way um and then i want to say that there was a little bit of a hang up a couple of years ago about them and importations because i know that um there was some stuff
0: well, started, i think it was that whole thing with australian animals yeah. in general
1: yeah so a lot of stuff there's no more coming in so
3: what we have here is what we have so
0: except owen pelly's and uh,
1: dear God, hopefully.
3: <laughs> and, and and there's one other condro that that would that definitely be on my bucket list, but probably is a forbidden fruit, and that would be the you know, like a true Australian. Yeah. You know, Cape York, you know. Yeah. They're they're pretty neat.
0: Was that yeah. were they ever a thing?
3: Ever available? The like Cape York Condros?
0: Was that ever a thing? They're just
3: maybe... I mean, unless some got smuggled up to yeah. Indo and then shipped out through that pathway, but You know, back in you know the late nineties, I was trying to work out a sort of like a genetic fingerprinting with the um the arus Mm. and the marukis and the and the and the Australian green trees. Right. Right. You know, the arus are pretty distinct, I guess, in terms of the white being more off the center line, you know, the vertebral stripe. Right. Um and you know, and even the marukis and the and the and the true Australians are pretty distinctive too, but they're they're They have a lot of similarities enough to where I think that potentially could there be some or could there have been some that made their way here and and represented as Marukis that were in fact, you know, uh, Cape York or something possibly. I don't know. Mm. Or even hybrids, you know, where somebody took an Australian and bred it to an Indonesian and you know, bastardized it that way and got, you know, got Why it out. you would, yeah, but... Um, but I, I, not to my knowledge is I I, I don't know, if I, I've never seen one in person. I don't know <laughs> if any exist here knowingly. It, it'd be kind of a cool
1: thing because I know they're doing a lot of DNA testing with snakes, mutations, things like that. I, I would wonder if that maybe in a couple of years down the road, DNA testing with sheds to kind of bust up localities almost and see, what you might have in a chondro, like what's the makeup and things like that. So, I, I mean, I would welcome that kind of stuff.
0: I would bet the Australian green tree keepers would, you know, if they could get their hands on some uh mosaic or some mm-hmm. uh,
2: uh
1: all their green. animals, yeah. or whatever they would send
0: those green animals, like no yeah, time.
1: They, <laughs> they drool over our stuff, we drool over their stuff, over their stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You want what you can't have, type of situation, of course, 100%. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Oddly enough, enough, (laughs) I mean, oddly enough, one of the things, even though I didn't accumulate enough data to to publish anything, Mm -hmm. we did um, see, and I think this was corroborated in other genetic studies, but oddly enough, the the Aru's were more genetically similar for the DNA that I was testing Mm -hmm. to the Australian's. Than the Australians were to the Marukis, even though the Arukis, Marukis, and the Australians look more similar phenotypically.
1: Really, that's yeah,
3: yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that would make. sense. I mean,
1: it. It. I. Nothing surprises me anymore. Yeah, it's like whenever we think we got it down, something happens, and we're like, "Oh, okay, I yeah. have no idea." So something that's awesome, changes.
3: though. As far as you know, just being into that time period, and actually, you know, I I, I often wonder. For people who have just gotten into it since sort of the computer age, like, right. I wonder what their perspective of all this is, because. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a part of me that still yearns for the day of magazines and having to wait to see something. Right. (laughs) right. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, well, I'm just saying, I don't know about you guys, but. I sometimes find myself scrolling right past something where twenty years ago I would been like, "Holy shit, 100%. look at that!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just yeah. you just become saturated with so much super cool stuff that I just think it just. I don't know. It almost numbs you. I don't know, or at least yeah, it does I, for me sometimes.
1: Yeah, I would, I would agree to that too. Especially because it used to be that there was one or two big reptile shows, and you would go and you would see those those wow animals, those big ones. Yes. And that was some. Some breeders that attend these big shows do hold on to some higher dollar animals or higher value animals, in their opinion, to bring to like a Daytona or a Tinley Park. But now there's so many reptile shows, at least where I'm yeah. at, um where now it's like you lose the effect of seeing that yeah, that would that animal would have stopped me dead in its tracks. And then yeah. it's like wow, and then you can like you kind of you do get oversaturated or overstimulated with it, where this doesn't really bring the punches it used to. Um, well, and even
3: but, in yeah. your conversation with Rick Ross, I mean, just this that period from like the seventies into, you know, up to around 1990, I mean, there was a whole lot of groundbreaking stuff happening yeah. there mm-hmm. and all of it was all word of mouth. You know, they, they, they started the, um, the guys at the Catoctin zoo started the, you know, the IHS. Yep, I believe. Yeah, and then yep. from there, that's what split into the breeders expo, I guess, because they wanted to, to do animals there. They want, and the other folks wanted to keep it more or less strictly academic, you know? Mm-hmm, sure. Um, but you know, I, you, I'm sure you guys have so, seen some of the, um, editions of like the proceedings from some of those, you know, gatherings yeah. and it's like, wow, look at this stuff, you know, where <laughs> it's, now it's like, you could just Google any of this stuff up. So, it was kind of, in a way, it was there's kind of like a, in my view, sort of like a, romantic lore about sort of some of the mystery, yeah. and you know, it's yeah. some of, you know, just some of the things that now you can just, at a whim, just look up.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of one of those things where it's, I've seen so many diamond pythons that, I, uh, you know, it has <laughs> yeah. to be a real, it has to be a real <laughs> banger when I see it in person. Otherwise, I'm like, it's hey, a diamond. Like it. Yeah.
0: I think also too it's this um, what is would have seemed to at least uh, I speak for me and I've gotten this under a handle but like for years it was more about the 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 chase of getting the animal than Hunter, actually yeah. getting the animal you know it's like right. the whole and I think maybe to what you're saying is maybe this is why it's like that 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 uh, you know uh, what's the word like I don't know it just seemed like in like. You know you would wait for people to produce these clutches and you would be you know you'd go to the forum to see them post up the pick and you know it, 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 you don't everything's just so automatic now it's kind of like yeah. to your point you're just scrolling past it and it loses the the same appeal where you know years ago uh yeah it would have you know just blew your socks yeah. off and now I just have more of appreciation of the animals that I have you know like I don't need four more diamond pythons to appreciate the ones that I have because <laughs> you
1: know you, you no but those four that you got better produce me some babies. God damn it! Oh, they because I'm getting yeah. tired of waiting. They're looking good. Let's good. Fingers crossed.
3: Good man. It's- that's awesome. And that's a cool species that's really seemingly getting a little more of a foothold in the captive you know yeah. realm. I know Buddy Bashemi's been having real good success. Yeah. You yeah. know breeding diamonds and so.
0: Hey, He's been breeding them for. I like,
3: should have jumped on, on those five, six several six years. years yeah, 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 yeah. He, um, buddy, buddy,
1: hooked me up with my first rhino rat snakes. Um, oh yeah, he ga- yep. He gave me a chondro, and then I, <laughs> I sent it back before I could kill it. So, um, and he's like, "Well, do you want to do rhinos for the condro? And I said, "Yes." And those rhinos have been fantastic for me yeah. because people will break down your door. For a funny looking snake with a weird nose. I know, right? Yeah. I
3: don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. And Buddy and I go way back, you know. In fact, I was the one who got him into the green trees. There you go. So he and I met through a mutual friend through mountain biking. Okay. And so, okay. Yeah. A friend, a a longtime friend of mine, new buddy. And he's like, you know, I got a friend of mine who, who is into reptiles too. And I'm like, really? And so, we connected at the time. He was breeding like um, like MacLott's pythons, um, yes, spotted pythons, yep. yeah, and um, and Dumeril's uh, monitors, and um, and so he, he he we we got him into the into the green tree craze, you know, and then he he took off with it, and has kept trucking ever since.
1: Yeah, yeah. He told nice. us about this one dumeral's he had to go get, like didn't it didn't like. <laughs> break out of the box or something in the plane or like, you know, it 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 defecated in the box and he had to go on the tarmac to yeah. get it. Yeah. So I remember him telling us about that one. But um
0: Yeah, he'll be back on the show in a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah to
1: grab him at some point. Oh that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, he'll be back. Yeah. yeah. I made a post about wanting to have more chondro people on, and he's like, "Chondro people, you say? I don't know. <laughs> Just I, okay, the yeah. of
3: ether, yeah. <laughs>
0: Anytime, buddy. Yeah,
1: so, yeah.
3: so uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All
0: right, uh, I don't know. Anything else you wanted to hit on? Uh,
1: you don't want to throw out there for the the people to discuss or test? hear?
0: I'm talking to you. I
1: would. Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing, man. It's <laughs> I've I I do have a new appreciation for chondros. Good. Probably still not going to get any. Like yeah, you know, no, you I have to I, have
0: them to appreciate them.
1: That'll that'll be my sunset snake. When I've decided my career is over, I'll retire with some chondros. Unless evil yeah, monsters become a thing, and then, sorry, yeah, Eula monsters are going to win on that one. Yeah.
0: you don't, don't want to yeah. breed them just to say that you bred them? No, because no? I have my mm-hmm. own.
1: Like you know, it it's.
0: I mean, you've done so good with all these...
1: But of, but like, I you, mean, know, come like, on.
0: you nailed White Lips.
1: Yes. Caranata, the yeah, Mad I'm Hugs, blonde. the Blonde Hugs. Got you know, a list
0: behind you, my man.
1: I do, but I don't want to just get a pair of snakes to be like, ha-ha, and then be done with it. You know, it's Plus, the breedings of the stuff that I like are... Like I told you, I hatched out nine baby White Lips Three of them are mine. They're not leaving. And now I sat down and figured out I have, like, ten, lo- 10 white lips. Why do I have ten white lips? Like, it's...
0: Because you're afraid one's going to look like Mr. Blue of the white lip They That,
1: that doesn't true. exist in white lips. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't change color as They get bigger. I know what they don't never like know. Got, I know. They had red ones and... <laughs> the red ones are different. That is a different thing. Like, oh, it is... Okay. Yeah. So, I, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I would... I would not add chondros just to breed them. If maybe I get further down the road, that might change. But um, I'm going to get them a
0: whirl uh, again at some point. So eh,
1: we'll see. I'd rather get Owen Pelley's. Yeah, so.
3: yeah. I guess uh, there's a few of those floating around, isn't there? Australia, yeah. yeah. They're all in yeah. Australia.
0: Well, I think there's a few of them floating around in the U.S. Mm-hmm. too.
1: <laughs>
3: That's why I, I thought I heard something to that, that effect, would,
1: well, they, they they appeared on a on a zoo list, so they were able to get here. Um, whether or not anybody found a way to get them off that zoo list or into a zoo, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I would welcome it because I think yes. they're very cool. Yes, very yeah. cool snake, very very cool yep. snake.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, spending no thanks, Tim. This
1: us. has and been awesome to connect. Yeah, of it's of fun connecting with, it. with you guys. You know, yeah, yeah,
3: hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm and glad it's you funny. Up, I, I go ahead. I'm saying I'm glad you brought up iCast because you know, we still have fond memories of that. Oh yeah. And uh all that fun stuff. Um and uh hanging out with all the Condro guys on there. So
3: Well Buddy was one of the three main players for that too, you know. So yeah. he, And there there was supposed to be another another iCast and it just never Yeah um came to fruition. But uh you know, it needs to happen again. And, you know, and that's the other thing with the Condra community. You know, when you think about it, you know, I guess they sort of co- they started these so-called fests. Yes. You know? Yes. You know, the Condor Fest. Right. Um, yep. They also, um, you know, we had those symposiums Mark Twig put on out in St. Mm-hmm. Louis yeah. in 2004, yeah. five and six. And that that was really good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Carpet Fest was a direct ripoff. Of yeah, Carpet we, we, Fest, we stole sure. that.
1: We <laughs> stole it from you. We, we, sure, we, 100%. we admit it every time it is brought up. Yes, we took it. <laughs> so. Well, that actually.
3: Yeah. So that morphed out of. Um, so apparently Trooper, before I ever met him, would have these gatherings at his house.
2: OK. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, select people, some from the zoo, some from, you know, the private sector. And then as I got to meet him or know him. I became part of that, and so did Sean and a couple others. And so then um, Buddy Getzger got into the fray, and so he had like a bigger house, pool, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to do it on a more grand scale. And, of course, he had Trooper and Eugene as part of it. Um, So then it sort of morphed into like a multi-state thing. You know, we have Mark Twig bringing in, Grass-fed beef from Missouri, and people, you know, bringing stuff from all over the place, and it became this, you know, this this big, bigger-than-life event for a day. Um, so I think we did that a few, couple of different years.
1: Right. Yeah. Carpet and Fest I has think, very quickly become that as well, and we keep. Yeah. No. Food.
3: But bigger now, you know, <laughs> and, mu- and yeah. much more, and much more. I guess you know. I mean, it's much more frequent. I mean, you guys are pretty, pretty good about holding. And yeah. uh, there were some regional ones there for a while. Yeah, still, for a while there yeah. were a bunch.
1: Yeah. And um, I
0: think it's important, you know, especially yeah. in today's age, right? Everybody's yeah. behind a keyboard. Nobody ever talks to anybody face to face and gets to know the actual people that are behind yeah. that, you know, the keyboard. And sometimes you find out that, you know, you, I, I don't Somebody know. Somebody lives I mean, it's close a great to you. Yeah. To yeah. With yeah. all that stuff, you know. And well, there a lot of good. work to do,
3: but I mean, anybody you talk to that's ever been to one of those events will say, it was one of the best times they ever had, you know. And, it is,
1: and, yeah, and it's, uh, it's hilarious because the main question I get from people is like, "Do I have to keep carpets to come?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no." But, yeah. but, but I mean, a lot of the people there show are, your carpet. Ooh, ooh, on, like, or you like, cannot like enter. You cannot come in.
3: Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason I bought the IJs. I thought oh, I had to, you know, well, you know, be part of the, you know, be you know, part. Of... <laughs> I have to be plugged into the
1: Morelia somehow. It's like, I
3: yeah,
1: I yeah. 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 Have to sell those <laughs> I dirty brown snakes
0: somehow. Yeah keep that perpetuating that rumor that's funny
1: it's weird because you said you bought carpets at icast and i'm like crap i was set up at icast did he buy my carpets and then it's like ij's nope never produced those so okay we're good like he didn't get mine so
0: (laughs) yeah that was that was that was a real good time i really enjoyed that That, they did a great job with that um but
2: all right
1: well again Thanks for coming on, Tim. This has been great. We love this kind of herp talk stuff because it's just him and me can geek out about how. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. Any, yeah. <laughs> any,
3: yeah, anytime. And, and you know, if you ever decide to, you know, broaden things out, I know uh, some people have talked about trying to get, um, you know, several people like almost like a roundtable kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, be happy we-
2: to. Okay.
3: We've done
1: a couple roundtables, and I do not mind doing them again because it's like getting – it's like cramming a bunch of really good um, breeders into a box and making them answer your questions. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I've locked you all in this room. So, yeah, I like that. Right.
0: And to see their different approaches. Exactly. I I
1: love that kind of stuff.
3: Well, different things come up, too, with the interactions, you know, because sometimes you just think of something – talking to somebody you wouldn't have thought of otherwise and – Sure. It's, it's
1: it's a forum live, which I love, and and mm-hmm. I think we we miss out on a lot with this stuff. So definitely, we couldn't we can try to. Well, talk we to, to, to we to have round two
0: table. roundtables coming up: pygmy python roundtable and mm-hmm. a oh cool pop one
1: carpet roundtable.
0: So. Pop we will decide which one we will call it from the-
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We'll get it. That, we'll bring that up, we'll, and then it will be decided. Oh God, and that'll be, be the
0: whole all. show. Everybody yeah. will
3: be fighting about what we well, call it. Well, that's why we're going to le- bury that question. Don't start that It's like a carpet
0: python. One.
3: Yeah. Well, we need to because I can't go to the shows and sell these damn things. I don't right know. know. If I put NG, IJ, whatever. I mean, I just – it's a carpet, all right? That's all I know. Somebody yeah. tell me what this yeah. is. NG <laughs> slash IJ <laughs> slash PCP. <laughs> Can't go the wrong?
1: label's like this long on the little deli cup. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: no, it's now no. cool. Do you have do you vent shows regularly?
3: I mean, on occasion, I mean, yeah, usually right. some local shows. Uh, James Optal and I did um, one of the um, Breeders Expos in Daytona, okay, like um, back in 2018. Okay, and cool. then cool. you know, just a smattering of uh, local shows. I mean, it's it depends on if I have anything you know gotcha. th- that I'm able to sell. But, um, but of late, yeah, like I said, I've been getting into some tortoises. I got a nice group of pancake tortoises, a nice little group of Hermans, um, even trying to, for the first time, um, hibernating, brumating the, um, well, we did the two males that we have for the Hermans Mm
2: -hmm. uh, Uh
3: because they're from a similar climatic region. Okay. So I got two males sitting outside in their enclosure, hoping they make, they come out next spring, you know. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I know they're like eight or nine inches down in the soil and pretty much gave them what I know that they need or what they rely right. on to over winter in their you know home oh, yeah. habitat. So we'll see.
1: That's a luck. of so, that. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that
3: stuff. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, just trying to, you know, push – push it a little bit in terms of just trying to do different things and you know yeah. it's definitely been a learning experience in fact uh, the pancakes in the hermans spend you know most of the spring summer and fall outside yeah okay and then i bring the pancakes come in for the winter because they're you know from a more you know arid year round mm-hmm. um location but the um hermans being from like the mediterranean and all they're very similar to to our weather here right so, but it's it's cool having them outside i mean it's a little nerving at first because it's like out of your control so to speak but yeah they unlike snakes although some snakes do this but in usually not in the best of ways the the tortoises definitely morph into different creatures outside i mean it's mm-hmm. something with yeah. the sun and i've seen some snakes do it but normally what that means is they become nasty and mean thinking, Hey, yeah. man, I'm, yeah. I'm in the wild now. Yeah, great, hey, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not handleable anymore. Don't get yeah. me. Right. So, um, but the tortoises are a bit different. So it's been a lot of fun doing that. That's
0: cool. That's cool. That's
1: really
0: yeah. cool. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out to see. Yeah. You know, see what I, I want
1: to know if those Herman's come out of it. You know, we, we only have, yeah, I'm hoping off. so.
3: Yeah. But, uh, but I've been breeding the pancakes. I'm slowly getting an army of those. Uh, <sighs> two hatched out last year and two more eggs hatching or two more eggs incubating now so cuz wow. they only lay one egg at a time that's and, awesome. and and twice a year so the reproductive output's pretty low but they're they're fun
1: yeah i love pancakes i i just i yeah. can't there's, there's would you now.
0: trade Mort for a pancake? Yes,
3: trade Mort for, <laughs> I would trade my wife Sulkata for an army of pancakes. Oh God, yes. Yeah. So, is it a male or female Sulkata? It's a boy, yeah. Oh God, they can be pretty destructive. <laughs> oh God, he's uh, and he
1: charges me. He doesn't charge my. Oh, wife. Yeah. He, oh yeah. Oh he charges me. He
0: charges you.
1: Oh yeah, he's a. Oh jerk. yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they,
3: I've seen um, some videos of people who like kept them in like a like a bedroom. Yep, thinking yep. it's a good idea, give him the space, and they make dry. holes. in The drywall <laughs> man, they just tear. They they just make a mess of everything. Yep. <laughs> I
1: I made him an enclosure in our basement. Yeah, that's like, and I got like thick plywood, and then every year he goes out for springtime. And it's like we have to rehab the indoor enclosure of like what he has scraped down and and what he has hit with his his fork and stuff like that. And just wandering around, and it's just like this year's gonna be a major fixing because we have to reseal it and all that fun stuff. But
0: I haven't seen this this I haven't seen Mort in a long time, and I just went to Owen's house like what a month ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I now, and I was like, what? Jesus. The <laughs> <laughs> he spends half the year wandering my yard thing, eating. Of course he's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's shit. funny. And he's only half grown. Yeah. I know, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. man. That's why I want the Gila monsters. When the tortoise is outside, I can use the cage for Gila monsters. So, okay. Yeah. What
0: happens when the tortoise comes back? They
1: go so- to their winter enclosure. See? Oh, see? Okay. Yeah. You hibernate the Gila's.
0: Oh, I see. Oh, you have a system worked out. It's all coming
1: <laughs> together. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. It's all figured out, but very good all right very good, well um, well, cool, gentlemen well i appreciate it man anytime this is yeah. awesome now we'll definitely yeah. uh, have you come back on to school us
3: some more stuff this is
1: awesome
3: <laughs> yeah and hopefully uh come back you know catch you guys on the next uh carpet fest you guys have up there yeah, yeah absolutely totally. i think i've only been to one that one year and then i had i, I guess pandemic and other things kind of yeah,
0: yeah all that kind fun of paused then yeah yeah,
3: yeah. This year was our first year
1: back. So um, uh, we'll definitely make sure that. (laughs) Yes, I know. Talk to Rob
0: about that while you're herping. uh, I will mention it to Master Stone.
1: You know, in between Diamondbacks, I'll be like, so Carpet Fest. So if he leaves me out there, it's your fault. So gotcha.
0: (laughs) His plot to be the new co host? I mean, that
1: is his his drive. I know what he's doing. (laughs) He thinks I don't Um, know, but I know. Awesome.
0: all right
1: cool. uh okay uh, tim did you want to throw anything out there as far as like website where people can get in touch with you if they want to purchase facebook animals or, or would you prefer I, that nobody talks to you
3: <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I i really just email or whatever i mean Got feel you. free if anybody reaches out to you that you know i mean i guess they can hit me up on facebook i'm i'm there and
0: okay so
1: cool yeah, yeah. awesome
0: and a quick do us for us uh NPR Network Maria Python Radio uh moranpythonradio.com um what else do we got uh I'm drawing no, a blank. You you're doing good. You're doing
1: okay. through. <laughs> we have uh, cold-blooded caffeine, which yes. is uh,
0: our carpets and Coffee blend of coffee. Good. Uh, good. Check out. So uh-huh. good cheats. And then we have cold-blooded cafe. Those are the rats. There's the rodents. First. Uh-huh. We get the two mixed up. No, they're not. Maybe... Well get... <laughs> it could be a bad day. Yeah,
1: it's a bad morning. Yeah. So, uh,
0: yep. There is a uh, NPR um, on the cold-blooded caffeine. You can put in NPR. And you'll get 10% off your order and we get a little kickback if you buy the Carpets and Coffee from the affiliate link. Um, And the uh, Cold-Blooded Cafe. Yeah, that's hard to keep these.
1: I could do this, but (laughs) I'm having more fun watching this. So, yeah, um, (laughs) the Cold-Blooded Cafe, you put in NPR 10 to get 10% off of your first order of rodents. Uh, but you should also follow them on all their social medias because they have multiple sales and they do multiple things right now. I think they were asking for what people would want to see as far as different feeders to be offered, different things to be posted. It was all on their uh, uh, Facebook page. So go check them out. Um, Also uh, the spring store is getting worked on. Go check out the new website. Eric's been working on it. It's got all the different things that you would need to know about, Carbon pythons yep, morelia yeah. not just carbon pythons morelia Marfets, sorry green Apologies. trees yeah oh, see no. see it's more fun on that oh, side <laughs> yeah so um you know i oh, bellies isn't morelia but still. it's morelia it's morelia yeah. i have deemed it morelia i don't care what they say okay. um and then of course the patreon go check that out we're gonna be doing some updates to that um that's it that's all we have for everybody tonight so mm-hmm. we'll say thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more morelia pythons on radio and, and I need everybody to cross their fingers that I quickly find an eastern diamondback so that I can not feel the pressure of disappointing Ms. Master Stone when I'm in <laughs> You're going to find it goddamn right I'm going to. Cuz I'm not it. there. Yeah, well yeah. Yeah.
0: And I can't yeah. check that species off yeah, my rattlesnake yeah.
1: list. This is the this is the blacktail all over again. You got yeah. Every time I'm not near you between you the two of us we'll hit every spl- in the US. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Between the two of us we'll get the rattlesnakes. Rob's going to get it without us. All right, that's it, everybody. Thank you, and the show.